Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Hi, and welcome to the Inventory Professional. Um, I'm joined today with Melissa from MGN Inventories. Melissa, it's been a while since we last spoke. Um, what have you been up to? I know, it has been crazy. Um, uh, well, busy times, things just carrying on as normal. Um but time time flies really and I think you sort of gear up for the busy um, summer season and especially if you do student work and then um, everything else is catching up afterwards so still still going but I think things are looking a little bit better now for it to be um, slightly quieter for admin. Yeah I mean the summer period is always always mad but I know certainly from you know, your point of view this is kind of when you actually ramp up with all your interim in property visits um, and so I think that's going to keep you busy but are you finding uh, any downturn because you and I are both members of Infantry Base the support hub on Facebook and obviously we're out and about in the industry talking to people all the time and there's a lot of kind of like, kind of concern and worry within the property reporting industry that reports a, a, a bit down on numbers there's not so much stock and obviously we can see that just from the what's happening you know from a UK point of view are you seeing that are you feeling that what's your thoughts uh yes I mean I think part of it is is because we're so busy in summer that um any sort of downturn feels like it's a lot less but um, like you rightly say, it is very much our time when our inspections come along um, and it's sort of timed perfectly that we end up doing those over the winter period. So it, it gives us enough time to do them and also fills in any gaps um, for when it is a bit quieter. Uh, things haven't been that quiet so far. Uh, at the moment, I think December's probably looking a little bit quiet, but then I think that that's also the way the month is falling. Um, from mm. my point of view, there's only really two weeks before Christmas, um, kind of the way that Christmas falls this year. So, yeah, I mean, things are getting a little bit quieter now, and certainly towards the end of next week, things are quieter than I would normally expect. But it's it's so hard to tell. Um, I sort of mentioned to you earlier that it was a little bit quieter last week. And then all of a sudden we had sort of a few bulked into the end of the week. And that seemed to have been an issue with uh, referencing companies. And I don't know if a few of them have got a similar thing. Um, but one of my agents told me that they're actually up on their bookings. They had 800 more files to process this wow. time than last year so I think you know if, if the AM referencing companies are getting through them then the jobs are around but I think you know it, again partly it feels quieter because of summer um, and it's just more spaced out now I feel. Yeah I agree I mean I think certainly I mean from my point of view where I work um, and the areas that I operate in, um, that was packed, we always have a, a similar kind of shift uh, around about this time of year where the summer period, the student season kind of tails off. 
and then certain areas will quieten down and then other areas will build up which is generally that's exactly what they've done but there is a definite lack of stock there's a definite lack of ability for tenants to move and I don't know about you but I have found recently that some tenants have not been able to move because they've actually been buying and because of what's happened with the mortgage rates, because of the changes in um, how mortgages are risk assessed and some of the products, and as we know, um, you know, from recent events, you know, we're going to go down the trust route, um, but things didn't go too well. And that meant a lot of mortgage products were pulled and we were literally getting some uh, reports cancelled on the day that they were due to take place because the uh, tenant's mortgage product was pulled that morning and they should have been completing that day and then obviously moving, uh, you know, a day, uh, a week or two a bit further on. So, of course, the cascade effect within the rental side, you know, you know tenants moving into their property um, as it was vacated. None of that happened. So that caused a real big problem. Have you seen that? Yes. I mean, I definitely think that had an impact. I mean, similarly, we did have um, things cancelled last minute because people weren't able to move. Uh, and I, I think some people were doing it themselves as well. You know, it wasn't just mortgage offers because the way the you know climate was, I know some people were so worried that actually should we complete, is this the right thing for us, that they were pulling out mm-hmm. um, and then deciding to stay in rental properties. And I think uh, apart from that having an impact, there's also the impact of tenants that, you know, we're not planning on buying anywhere. Um, deciding that they're going to stay put anyway in case they'll go somewhere and the rent will be much higher or Mm. increased when, um, you know, a lot of people decide to move just before Christmas. I think that had an impact on on that kind of market as well, because you you sort of better the devil you know, they were thinking, well, we'll stay where we are and know what our rent is and know that it can't, you know, go up all of a sudden. So I think that has had an impact to the market. No, I agree. I agree. I think there's so, so many factors out there at the moment with, with, like I said, mortgage rates, with availability of stock. Um, And like I said, people just kind of sitting back and go, actually, look, I think I'm going to stay where I am for the minute, you know, keep stable and then see what the new year kind of like brings. And we've got things like um, uh, budgets uh, being um, done. We've got new legislation coming, as you well know, we had smoke alarm uh, uh, regulation updated coming into a force in regards to carbon monoxide. We've got the decent home standard um, review being done. They say it's autumn when it's going to be finished, but autumn could be January, December, uh, sorry, January, February kind of like time. Um, But we've also got changes to WOWs. And you and I were talking off podcast a moment ago about this and the changes that are coming in as of the 1st of December, especially about fits of human habitation. And just just for listeners' point of view, um, I remember Property Mark and um, Property Mark have got a fact sheet that they've done on fits of human habitation. And it, it mirrors the like the 29 um, risks that we already knew for the UK, for England, depending which way you look at it. However, there's quite a few uh, of the um, different regulations, different kind of ratings and a way they assess risk that have uh, slightly changed to make it difficult because I, I've been talking to some clerks saying that I want to do fitness for human habitation risk assessments etc how do I do that um but I think you know the changes in Wales are going to make that a little bit difficult I mean Lisa you you're from a property manager background if someone says to you you know part of the risk assessment number 15 it says about poor design layout or construction such that the dwelling cannot be kept easily cleaned 
How do you assess that? How do you look at that from a property manager's point of view when you're taking a property on? Because obviously what you then think will then potentially impact on obviously what you do as a uh, inventory provider, as a risk assessor. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think it's such a grey um, kind of area and terminology. It's so open to things being put against it that not everyone else would do. Um, no, you know, people might not be determining it in the same way. And I think for points like that, there really needs to be some kind of breakdown and guidance. Um, I mean, obviously, from a property management point of view, you'd sit down with your team and discuss, you know, some examples of properties that you know and the kind of things that you'd be looking for and what you might not find acceptable. But I think anything like that is um, so time consuming because if you, you know, if you are having people determining whether it meets this standard or not, I think um, it's certainly if they don't necessarily have a lot of experience doing it, then invariably you're getting people come back to the office so we can all discuss it together, um, which is, you know, a great learning tool. But again, that mm-hmm. takes time to then determine it. And, you know, what if what you're saying is wrong? What if someone's missed something? It does very much seem like there needs to be extra guidance to it. Uh, I think it's problematic. It's going to be difficult for people to fully understand. I mean, there are things that people haven't been doing for years in terms of safety glass, and that hasn't (laughs) filtered through um, (laughs) to some agencies yet. So I can only imagine how long this will take. Well, exactly. I mean, we're still finding properties that don't have adequate smoke alarms or any smoke alarms for that matter. And then, of course, in carbon monoxide. And I'd actually had a conversation with an agent who said, oh, you know, do you have a carbon monoxide alarm in the kitchen? And the answer was yes. And then and then the question was, then, but what about the fireplace that's got the gas fire? Because they weren't asking the right question. Yeah. So they were more interested in what was in the kitchen than what was in the rest of the house so of course you could say yes to one and then they completely ignore the other one still be non-compliant because you haven't got one in in each area where there's a you know, combustible unit but the, because they hadn't answered the right question you know there's a potential there for risk and obviously whenever you're doing risk assessments because again again a question has come up you know within the hub about you know doing the risk assessments being part of your inventory for me, that's you, you, you're already too late. If you're doing it inventory, the tenant's about to move in. If you've got any of those risk hazards, you know, if that property isn't adequate enough, it isn't clean enough, it isn't safe enough, then you're already moving the tenant in. So you've already got a big problem and potential, you know, lawsuit potentially, you know, if things go wrong, you know, once the tenant is in. Um, so for me, it should be done way, way before the uh, tenancy um, even um, is considered. And from my point of view, I think it should be done when it's being taken on by the agent. Again, as your as a, an ex property manager, is that something you would recommend? Would you would you have done? Did you do, or can you see the industry doing? Yes, I mean, I, I it always baffled me and, and continues to do so how we can turn up at a property and there not be adequate smoke alarms, um, and now with carbon monoxide alarms, and I, it, from a property management point of view, I never understood how they could go to take a property on, go back to the property potentially several times to do viewings and not notice that there wasn't mm-hmm. a smoke alarm. 
you're having the inventory it's it's too late anyway um mm -hmm. potentially you know sometimes you get inventories days in advance but sometimes there's someone moving in an hour afterwards so that that's always kind of been an issue and I think part of what I um do now with the business when we have our interim inspections that we do for people is that we're checking this and reiterating it so every time we do an interim inspection, we'll know where the smoke alarms are, that they're working. We'll look for an expiry date on them. Um, and the same with the carbon monoxide alarms. And like you say, note that there isn't just one with a boiler. You know, is, is there a gas hob? Is there um, an open fireplace? That kind of thing to make sure that there are enough. And you, I mean, some, some of the bigger properties will have several areas where one is required. And I think... Um, maybe again with guidance that's a little bit confusing to some agencies so um from our point of view covering sort of liabilities and things at least we've told them and we've noted expiry dates and sometimes you see an expiry date i think i saw one for 2015 the other day <laughs> if you are lucky to find an expiry date um and then all you can do is really pass that information over and you've sort of detailed it and hope that it's being actioned on. I mean, that's a really good point. The fact is that there's a lot of alarms that do have an expiry date and for all intents and purposes are well within it, but actually are still not fit for purpose. And equally, like you said, out of expiry date or don't even have one. How do you even know? I mean, and there's some uh, alarms on the market that you're actually not quite sure what they do. No, exactly. I think that uh, that was raised uh, the other day. Um, someone had said, they had thought it was a it was a joint smoke and heat detector. I think because our landlord had said it <laughs> potentially <laughs> incorrectly. And um, there are so many sort of newfangled alarms, and some of them are not particularly clear for what they're saying. You know, some say optical, and people think that that holds a range of things. Um, you can only really, unless you've got the packet or sort of a definite answer and you can see, you can only detail it as you see it. And I think I would rather say that, you know, something doesn't potentially cover two things than, um, you know, be incorrect and say, yes, it definitely does. And then again, just let the agency and the landlord bring the proof back that that's what it is. But like everything now, things are sort of technology is incredible. Um, there are some buildings that I've been to that have, you know, amazing alarm systems on the walls that speak to each other and it does all sorts and it actually vocalises rather than just being an audible tone. We'll say, you know, carbon monoxide alarm and it, it will do its thing. It's kind of keeping up to date and being aware of them. And I think if you're used to just a certain type of alarm, sometimes um, some of the newer heat detectors aren't particularly obvious that they're heat detectors. So it really is sort of keeping on top of it from our point of view as well, because we're offering that service and we're saying if it's working and it, you know, and if it's not, and we don't want to be mislabeling alarms. No, exactly. And also mislabeling the fact of whether they're emitting the audible tone. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, certainly from my service point of view, you know, we've added video because that way then you've got that audible sound. You've got that uh, immediate evidence point to say this is working, be able to showcase it much better um, and provide that proof. Because 
at the end of the day, there's no legal requirement for us as a service to produce this. There's a moral duty in regards to you know testing the alarm and stating it within our report, and obviously it becomes part and parcel of our service. But there's no actual legal duty for us to do that. But there is for an agent. But then you could argue we're an extension of the agent. But a lot of us again don't have contracts, etc. So we're very much expendable, but equally not uh, not exactly accountable. I would argue as well. So. Can you see this being the springboard for the regulation that everybody has been screaming about with Roper and everything else for years and years and years? Can you see all of this, what's happening with the alarms, what's happening with decent home standards, what's happening now with Wales going um, into, you know, having this new um, way of uh, uh, dealing with a tenancy or contracts as, as they have it now from the 1st of December? Can you see that making the industry and outside the industry uh, need to be more experienced, more trained, more detailed, um, more culpable, um, better insured and be- better trained. Can you can you see that? I definitely think that that's where it's going. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I can see that there are probably a lot of people out there that have been doing the same thing for years. Um, that have not been keeping up to date with things and I mean we know on our in our industry we are kind of just uh, left out to do our own thing and it very much is up to individuals to keep on top of things and learn as they go and you know that's a great service to be able to offer the agents is that I you know I know these regulations I'm operating within them these are the things that I'm giving you to help you but because there is no sort of standard as it is I think things can fail along the line and you know really it only takes sort of it not properly being looked into by the agents it being relied on by the inventory clerk who like you say you know there's no sort of legal obligation at the moment for things to sort of go wrong quite quickly and and no one wants to be in that position and I think sort of you know a little bit more um, procedure put in place and liability would help and I I don't know if you would be concerned about that if you know unless you're really not doing things at the moment yeah yeah because you could argue there are reports being done and across the board you know in every part of the industry but maybe are not up to scratch and not really being looked at in a serious way that they should be that do take it seriously and um, I think there's a definite need for better understanding, better standards, better governance over that. And also, I think there's, there's an element of self-governance and you you kind of touched on that, you know, keeping yourself up to date. And I do sometimes find that people get a little bit complacent, especially if they're working with other companies and other, other services, that they almost like think, well, I don't have to worry about that because they're going to tell me. And yet we're all self-employed in or and running our own businesses in our own right. So therefore, We've all got that responsibility to be as trained and as knowledgeable as we can. But I think sometimes there's complacency kind of comes into it because we just think, oh, well, they'll tell me if there's a change in the law or they'll let me know if they want me to do this, that or the other. And they almost kind of take a bit of a back seat, um, uh, even though they're actually a service provider to you that you're working with, if that makes sense. Yes, I, and I do. And I think that there is that. If you've come from any kind of um, sort of, property management or lettings before or even you know corporate companies there is that mindset of someone will tell me what to do when to do it (laughs) Mm. um I need to learn it 
and it is difficult with what we do because there's a lot changing all the time um there's always a lot going on and we do have busier periods but it is sort of maybe even just scheduling that in and focusing on it i mean i'd very much welcome there to be sort of regular proper regular meetups um, where we can all discuss things and where training can take place as well. Mm. And again, to like you say, to stop the complacency. Um, and there will be things that someone's come across that someone hasn't. And it would just, you know, it's a great springboard for people to be able to talk more rather than us all be kind of in our own little bubble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because we all get into a bit of a habit, don't we? We've got our own processes. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've got our own processes. We've got our own way of doing things, our own viewpoints on how they should be done and, you know, the level of detail or not, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and like you said, you can get very kind of stuck in your ways, as it were. And I think there's a, a lot to be had from learning from other people. I mean, I know you're exactly the same, uh, but I'm definitely learning something new every day. There's something I'll come across that I didn't know that I wasn't sure or has it or I have it um, kind of like reinforced for me because I thought I did know it. And then it gets confirmed. Yeah, I am thinking the right way. And that all, that's all learning to me that, you know, it's not just a case of sitting in front of a, a screen or reading a book or reading a, a fact sheet or whatever. You know, that is an element of learning, but there is so much more to it. And like you said, sometimes having those conversations, sitting down with like minded individuals in the industry, you can learn so much just by having a chat, basically. Exactly. And, you know, invariably people then give examples of things they've seen or have happened. And I feel like that sticks in your mind so much more <laughs> than if you had sort of spent 10 minutes having a look through, you know, a new article, or like you say, reading the fact sheet. Um, that kind of thing will really stay with me more and I'll be able to recall it better. Yeah, no, I'm exactly the same. I think, and, and plus also, I think the more relaxed you are, the more you'll learn. It's as simple as that. And I think that's the same in any kind of learning environment. But I think the key to kind of take away from you know me and you talking today and hopefully the listeners as well is that the compliance, there's more compliance coming down the line. We know that. I think there's a definite position for us as infantry professionals and risk assessors and property reporting professionals as a, as a wider term to really get involved and become part of the solution um, to help agents, help landlords, help tenants, because they're all equal in my eyes in that respect. And it's about, I think, us looking both inwardly as to what we know and understand, how we can impart it and help we, how we can help each other by talking forums, you know, sharing knowledge and best practice, but also then looking to, you know, the associations and saying to them, well, look, OK, what are you doing about it? You know, how can you support us to support the rest of the industry? So I can definitely see a need for more regulation um, my only concern is we've seen what's happening with Roper with the letting estate agents. We're pretty much down on the list, aren't we? Let, let's be honest. We're not exactly at the top of anybody's <laughs> yeah. priorities. So from that point of view, I think if there's going to be anything, a lot of it is going to be self-led, as it were. Hence why I made the comment about, you know, people being a bit more less relaxed about their own learning really push themselves forward because I don't think at the moment there's enough in the industry to really kind of like get us going down that particular route and get us work, you know, working towards that kind of goal um, so we, we're pretty much on our own in that respect I think at the moment I don't know if you'd agree oh uh, yes and I think you know it's been that way for a long time and it, it doesn't look like it will change um it is really uh, having to be very disciplined which i do think a, a lot of us are 
um, given the type of work that we do, you have to be disciplined, but it's, you know, it's that extra thing to be thinking about and keeping on top of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, in a way, now we're getting to the quieter periods of, of the year as we go towards Christmas. And obviously, I know it's Christmas. None of us really want to be doing work as such, but equally, we still need to earn. But, it, you know, using those downtime periods to really kind of gem up on what's available out there in the industry, look at your fact sheets, find out what's going on and, you know, get yourself into that position where you're as, as knowledgeable as you can be, but still keep looking and finding out. Because I think um, now that the new rules for Wales is coming and on the 1st of December, um, the fact that we've got the review for decent home standards, you can you only have to look at, at the news to see the kind of rhetoric that's been used around lettings and landlords, etc. And I can just see more compliance down the line. So I think from a listener point of view, get yourself in a position where you understand as much as you can do, keep your uh, ear to the ground and watch out for every bit of information you can, because I think that will help you cement yourself as a service provider, also make sure that you know you're um, as less risk to you and to your business as possible because unfortunately the industry we're in there is risk involved and obviously the last thing we would want one is um, inventory professionals and providers tarnished or you know fall foul of that so I think you know the, the more that you know the better and said Christmas time is a great um, time to do that and um, amount of people that actually surf the net and look at right move and start looking at houses on Christmas day is apparently quite high yes it is well we, we always have that actually uh, in um, property management is that people are, and it's it's a sad story really is that uh, a lot of families couples break up around the Christmas time it's a lot of pressure they're spending a lot of time together which they might not normally do um and then come sort of the end of December January the you know property be booming again because there'll be so many people looking to move um <laughs> <laughs> which is you know it's a sad fact but it does seem to it does seem to happen every year so it does it does yeah and you know you, you cannot laugh I mean obviously you, you would know you know it's never a nice thing but yeah like I said sometimes family Christmas dinners don't always go the way as you as you planned and hence why what ends up on the internet um <laughs> but um like I said it is a good time to get more knowledge and, and do a bit of research have a bit of down, downtime reading etc and you know look to see how you can position your business and what you're doing in regards to potential revenue revenue streams going forward um and um and then uh, said uh, see where we can go from there um i think that's a great point um to end on melissa thank you so much it's been lovely to talk to you said it's been an absolute age since we last had a chat um i hope that everything we've talked about today is being useful um but if there is anything that you really want to talk about or you want to be involved in do get in contact with me you can email me at sean at inventorybase.com and i'll put my details on the show notes Melissa, thank you so much. Um, Hopefully we'll speak before Christmas, but if we don't, have a great one. Lovely. Thanks very much. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for joining us at Inventory Professional Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.